Who will end humanity first, the aliens or us? Welcome, mere modelites, to another round of the live book reviews. I am your host here, Kyron, also one as a host, but you've only got me here today of the Mere Models book reviews. We are the owners of the Mere Models and Value for Value podcast as well. Just saying, if you wanted to go check out some of our other works. So these are the book reviews for those who want to dive deeper into the books that they're reading to learn more about what's going on, to think of some themes, to actually get some uh, knowledge of perhaps a book that you do want to read in the future. Uh, I've really focused on the books that have kind of withstood the test of time, usually at least 10 years or so. And today I have a book here, a sci-fi book, which has stood a bit of the test of time, uh, 17, 17 years, in fact. It is The Three-Body Problem by Xi Lu, trend, translated by Ken Liu. So this book was published in 2006. It's approximately 400 pages. So it's, it's fairly hefty. I think it's pretty good. Uh, and I th- think it probably took me about seven hours of reading to get through in total. So what was my motivation and initial impressions coming into this book? Well, I definitely just felt like reading some sci-fi had been a fair while since I'd I'd had something science fiction related, uh, but wanted a different style than the normal Isaac Asimov, which is typically what I would go to, uh, which is, I would say, a a gen it's probably like older sci-fi if if i had to put it in a way um although i did read june recently so it's not not that different um it starts off super strong this book it really caught my attention grabbed me and not many books continue to get me to to read that extra chapter where it's like it's already kind of late at night that's when i do most of my reading and then it's like oh you know maybe just one more chapter won't you know it's only an extra 10 minutes or 15 minutes whatever uh so it's 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 got a good start, I'll say that. And I would say it's a very novel story as in unique novel. And the Chinese aspect of this book, because Xi Jin Lu is Chinese, uh, it was certainly new for me. It was teaching me a little bit of history and, and things like this. So it actually did get my attention pretty quickly. So I want to talk uh, about the plot and the style. And this is going to be really hard because I don't want to give away spoilers because I this this book definitely does feel like one where it's I don't want to explain too much in detail about what goes on because there are quite a few plot twists and things happen where it's like oh okay yeah i'm glad i didn't know about that beforehand so um i'll have to explain it in certain aspects and other bits i'll I'll be a little bit vague on so the book itself has three parts called silent spring three body and sunset fuel for humanity these make sense when you are actually reading the book 35 chapters in total um, although chapter by chapter, yeah, it's just an ending point to jump onto a new scene, essentially. Uh, it's told via Yi Wenji uh, during the Cultural Revolution time of, uh, of you know, the, the communist um, China. So this is around the 1960s. So think of like the atomic era, you know, the revolution is going on, science is starting to to pick up, things are starting to work a little bit better after after World War II. There's prosperity in, in certain re- uh, aspects, but uh, China during this time was was pretty rough. They they had uh, a, a lot of poverty and a lot of uh, heartbreak and a lot of um, just cultural revolutions going on. So we have this this one aspect from her, and then we this switches again into another more modern time. So let's just say the the 2000s in some point. I, I'm not sure it's really specific on the date. And we have Wang Miao, a uh, nanomaterials researcher, and we get his point of view as he's interacting with things. 
probably the best way to explain this is uh, through questions. So do humans deserve to live despite the horrible things we do to the earth and to each other? That's probably one of the questions this book arises. Uh, Would learning about aliens unite us as a species? How can distant civilizations wage war? Um, And would humans be capable of this at some point? Is scientific truth immutable? What is the best way to stop progress? Can you have scientific religions? So all of these questions, I suppose, uh, arise through this book. And I guess we have uh, what happens is essentially there's these mysterious and beyond possible events happen to to Wang Miao, and he's kind of just like, "What? What's going on? I like, how is this actually possible?" Uh, we gradually learn about the Trisolarans, which is this alien race, uh, and they're through a VR game is, uh, that's that occurs in this book, and which encourages deeper thinking about humanity, about aliens, um, but also contains a propaganda element to it. And you'll see on your screen now, uh, Trisolarans. This is the the alien race. Uh, tri mean, meaning three, and then Salah meaning uh, suns, and they, there's actually an alien race where they have three suns revolving around their planet, which is a very unique circumstance, and which is known as the three body problem because you can't predict how these bodies will move um, in in space and time because chaos theory, all these things happen where it's just like it's impossible to predict. So these aliens have very very different lives to us, and they have the ability to dehydrate, for example, and to go through these stable eras where they're kind of orbiting one sun and then chaotic eras, eras where it's like super cold or they're super hot or there's like three suns in the sky and then all of these uh, crazy things happen. So we learn about that. Uh, as the book goes on, we have deeper conspiracies and menacing forces start to coalesce before the truth is revealed, I guess. So this is the um, the, the general plot. And if I talk too much more, it'll, it'll start to uh, actually... <laughs> yeah, not not be so good. You'll uh, you'll you'll learn too much. So, one of the things I I would say just about the style of this book is it's it's rather simplistic and stilted dialogue between the characters. Uh, at, at times, it felt very stiff, and I wonder if this is purposefully done uh, because it almost almost comes across like a game type of situation where the characters are they're kind of like NPCs, like they're just the way they interact with each other. So I'm going to get Cole here to read out a section and you can get a feel for it. Although Cole is such a great voice actor that he kind of brings the characters to life and (laughs) changes the point that I was just making then. After the lab director left, he picked up the phone and dialed Shen Yufi's number. She picked up after one ring. Who or what is behind this? Wang asked. He tried to make his voice calm, but failed. Silence. What will happen at the end of the countdown? More silence. Are you listening? Yes. Why nanomaterials? This is not a particle accelerator. It's just applied research. Is it worth your attention? Whether something is worth the attention is not for us to decide. That's enough! Wang shouted into the phone. The terror and desperation of the last few days suddenly turned into uncontrollable rage. Do you think these cheap tricks can fool me? Can stop technological progress? I admit that I can't for now explain how you're doing it, but that's only because I haven't been able to peek behind the curtain of your shameful illusionist. You're saying you want to see the countdown on an even greater scale? Yeah, so, cool. <laughs> Fantastic job there. Uh, <laughs> totally ruins the point that I was trying to make. But when I was reading the book, there was just these sections where I'm like, what are these characters doing? Like, there's a really, you know, they just met each other and it's maybe it's the Chinese aspect. Maybe this is just how... Uh, Chinese people communicate um, because this book obviously written in Chinese and then translated to English 
Uh, and so there are going to be some pretty big cultural differences and maybe this is one of the things that I'm just noticing. Uh, but uh, I, I would say like the story is very narrative driven, uh, but it does use some flashbacks and interrogation scenes to keep the story being too linear. So it does jump in uh, forth a bit, which I, I think adds to the flavor of this whole book, which is it's a bit unexpected and it's a bit bizarre what's going on. So this gets us, I, I suppose, into some of the, the questions and the themes. And as I mentioned, a lot of questions arise from this book, uh, quite a few things going on. I think the most pertinent ones were the psychological. So what the what, what's actually happening with the characters and, and humanity on a broader scale. There's some really interesting things around technology and science, but honestly, it was pretty much too much out of my depth for, for real appreciation. I'm such a knucklehead. I'd heard of the three body problem before. I, I was vaguely aware of what this was, but it was probably only about midway through the book where I realized I oh, this is an actual scientific problem that, that occurs in the real world and it's not just some random thing. You know, I've, I was thinking three bodies and kind of like Buddhism, maybe like mind, body and soul, something like that. So, <laughs> so I was completely out on a lot of the science aspects. I think he does a reasonable job of uh, explaining science and, and using concepts which actually are real or which, you know, they're, they're maybe just on the frontiers of science, and we'll talk about how why he's able to do that in the um in the author section of this. So, yeah, it, it was um I suppose what are the psychological aspects that I I thought were really good. So the first is the political versus science versus moral battle that uh, occurs through this book, and I think it is much like the three body problem. It's almost like a three way type of battle that goes on in this book. And um, on page 264, we get a, a taste of of what this uh, actually changes to and why, why this happens. Lee shook his head again. I know it's technically and operationally feasible, but you, uh, Chief Yang, you just lack the sensitivity for this kind of thing. You want to aim a super powerful radio beam at the red sun? Have you thought about the political symbolism of such an experiment? Yang and Ye were both utterly stunned, but they did not think Lee's objection ridiculous, just the opposite. They were horrified that they themselves had not thought of it. During those years, finding political symbolism in everything had reached absurd levels. The research reports Ye turned in had to be carefully reviewed by Lee so that even technical terms related to the sun could be repeatedly revised to remove any political risk. Terms like sunspots were forbidden. An experiment that sent a powerful radio transmission at the sun could of course be interpreted in a thousand positive ways. But a single negative interpretation would be enough to bring political disaster on everyone. Lee's reason for refusing to allow the experiment was truly unassailable. Yeah, so there's a, actually a little footnote at the bottom here, which was talking about how the Mao, Chairman Mao, was compared to the Red Sun in many aspects of uh, of of the Cultural Revolution. So you had to be very careful when you're you know talking about science, and this is where science in, uh, is is somewhat battling politics. The uh, researcher or like the, the lady here, Yi Wenji, she wanted to send off this message to the sun to be able to um, be able to like broadcast out a search for extraterrestrials, um, a message on a broader scale. But they couldn't do this because it's like, oh, if you're shooting something at the sun, does that mean you're almost trying to symbolize you're shooting at Chairman Mao? So this is where we get into this uh, like almost nonsense and, and many a great idea or uh, or, or great mind has just been wasted, absolutely wasted on these kind of political games instead of the 
full pursuit of of science so this is one of the things where you look at and you go okay well that's that's obviously not optimal this is this is weird and and, and yet this is the current times and this is well in the book this was the current times and this is where brilliant smart researchers were also being like oh my god i, I didn't realize like i i should have i should have thought about the political implications because well if you didn't think about them bam you get shot and you you die and many many people did uh, in particular yi wenji's dad uh he the very start of the book we see him getting essentially paraded and assaulted by these red guard girls who uh, ultimately kill him for his one like moral ethical pursuit of science without a care for the political ramifications and uh, funnily enough it's almost like for him his his moral stance on the science was was pure and to the point and this is where it's like okay well science equals good that's the most moral thing well not necessarily because they all had different purposes but morally they were some people were damaged and resorted to murder so we can see for the the red guard girls it was purely political they didn't care about science or, or truth or anything like that they were just following orders they were just getting in the spirits of the times comrades let's do these things uh and you know these academics they're the enemies they are and you can go into the full history of why the academics are the ivory tower people who are stealing from the 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 serfs or the peasants or the farmers or all this sort of stuff you know that's that's what communism tends to do but then we look at Yi Wenxi and she's not morally that great she's she's actually a pretty bad person because she ends up resorting to murder herself for her scientific purposes um for her to for the ability to conduct her research and so you go you look at her and you're like well she's not that much morally better she's also killing people probably the only one who really was uh, uh in in the uh, i suppose like moral morally ethic ethical place of this was um was yi wenji's father who took his stand and he, he lost his life for it and even um wang miao who's this character in the in the modern era and you know he's just a nanomaterials researcher like he's not doing anything bad particularly he's just trying to figure out what's going on with his vr game why all these mysterious things are happening to him which are unexplainable like having a, a countdown a flash in front of his eyes and appear in photographs and things like this um in the end he's he's pretty complicit in the rampant destruction and ending of multiple lives for the greater good sort of deal but um yeah, you know, no, no one comes out of this really, really that good apart from you and she's father and, and, and who wants to be a martyr. That's 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 not so so fun. Now, the the second of this is, I guess, like the basis of truth. And I kind of liked how the applied scientific method failed in this. So earlier I was just talking about how science, you could equate it to truth in many aspects. But what is fascinating about this book is how that flips it on its head and and it it fails essentially and this is due to the kind of interfering by the aliens and they've got these super superior technology which once again it's kind of that that quote with anything that is superiorly like a technology that is um too superior to the current times is indistinguishable from magic and that is essentially what happens to this book these magical miracles happen which stuff up things like particle accelerators which stuff up things like your own vision and the most immutable things that we have like the cosmic background radiation changes and all of these things um and so 
you know, what's next from that? What do you base your grounding on or on your truth if if the if the science, you know, this thing that allows us to progress forward? And it's not that people do this necessarily nowadays anyway. Uh, a lot of it can be based on religion. And so uh, we see this with a, a new religion formed via the aliens. And um, there's a both a peaceful and a vengeful variation of this. And this is a, a involving... Um, uh, Yi Wenji's well, Yi Wenji, and then and her kind of uh, benefactor, I guess, the uh, an American guy who who helps her out and and financially ha- has a lot of connections. Uh, we see this with Da Shi, who is this police officer in the book, and he is helping to uncover all these mysteries. And he's this kind of how would you say like hard nosed, no nonsense, arrogant, bit of a piece of shit character. But he bases his his truth on, uh, I guess, like the psychology of humans itself, on human psychology itself, and that humans will always be underneath things, trying to do things, um, conspiring, that sort of deal. And and so his basis is that you know humans are going to be humans, and and this is um, uh, what 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 happens with that. So. Uh, really interesting, and he's ironically, I would say, the most stable character out of all of the ones in this book. Another person who has a different aspect of basing their their truth on things is uh, Wei Cheng, who's this almost autistic type person. He just wants to be lazy. He's very brilliant, but his mind is brilliant in ways that other people can't comprehend. And so he just spends all of his time uh, on trying to solve an obscure theoretical problem, this being the three-body problem, which actually doesn't need any practical applied observations. It's all numbers and theory. And so there's no actual way to mess around with that because it is there's, the, there's no physical thing that can actually be altered unless you were to alter his mind itself, which is what I... Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if the aliens could do that. They, they had some pretty superior tech, but I don't know if they could necessarily do that because if they could, they probably would have already done it, to be honest. Um, uh, and it, which is probably the most fundamental and, and obscure of uh, of everything that was uh, that was going on there. So, that, yeah, a lot of questions and themes to to take away from this book for sure. Let's jump onto the author and perhaps a couple of extra details. Uh, so, the author Xi Jin Liu, he was a or maybe Liu Xi Jin because I was saying all the other characters in this book with their last name first and then their then their um their first name second which is how they do it in in china uh he had this was this computer engineer by by trade and then he became a science fiction author had many short stories uh which was uh how this book was created as well i believe it started off as uh, as multiple short stories kind of the serialization type deal and then uh this was uh, translated from the original chinese and, and into this I don't know if the serialization was critical to this book or not, or, or if it was more he was writing a, a long book and he just decided to send snippets off of it to get reaction and things like this. Kind of hard to tell with with this one. It's it's not the standard serialization of the you know 1800s, 1900s, where uh, people weren't willing to take a risk on a big book and so they needed it to be proved in newspapers beforehand um, to... To then be able to be like, okay, yeah, there's enough interest in this to to actually sell it as a book. Um, what was good about this is uh, it it's 
great of maintaining mystery and having little pieces that can be referenced back. So in this book, the nanomaterials in particular, there's a couple of like the applied research of that has these back and forths of, okay, you think the nanomaterials are, they're targeting Wang because he's uh, doing applied research and this is the most dangerous for the aliens. They don't like applied research. So you think, oh, okay, that's why nanomaterials are important and he's doing that. And then it's like, oh, okay, no, wait, the nanomaterials, they can actually be used for um, like a space elevator. This is, this is even more dangerous. Than the, and then we see um, in terms of uh, the rampant destru- destruction that he's complicit in. And if you look at the uh, picture, you might be able to piece that together what actually happened. The, the nanomaterials are pretty critical in, in, in that as well. So it's, it's this drawing of different points back and forth there's these reference to these two protons mo- multiple times and you're like how like how's this actually getting pieced together and you just see it happening multiple times i could imagine rereading this book and seeing a hint that was earlier and going oh okay that's that's a little interesting thing there uh so the linkages in this book is quite nice uh that being said i would say i felt in part 3 of this book so this was the sunset for humanity it it strayed a bit from this portion I liked, which was the maintaining the mystery and, and having these little pieces. And it was, there was always a little bit of like, you're not exactly sure what's going on. There's always just kind of thing, little things happening here and there. Um, and this is where I'll, I'll play this section here and you'll, you'll get a taste of how it can kind of dramatically change and what was mysterious turns into kind of distinct concrete, like we, we got to progress the, the plot forward. So we have this section here. Many more foreign military officers were at this meeting than the last. They were all in uniform. For the first time in human history, the armed forces of the world's nations faced the same enemy. General Chang said, Comrades, everyone at this meeting now has the same basic understanding of the situation. Or as Da Shi here would put it, we have information parity. The war between alien invaders and humanity has begun. Our descendants won't face the Trisolarians for another four and a half centuries. For now, our opponents are still human. Yet, in essence, these traitors to the human race can also be seen as enemies from outside human civilization. We have never faced an enemy like this. The next war objective is very clear. We must capture and intercept Trisolarian messages stored on Judgment Day. These messages may have great significance to our survival. Yeah, so it was kind of just a bit disappointing how it ended up. Uh, I liked it obscure and vague. I liked it where it was just, I don't really know what's going on, but it just this aspect of science being turned on its head and it not being immutable and the, the best way forward. I, I thought, oh, that's a, that's a good hypothetical. I like that. I liked the idea of, okay, these aliens are being able to create miracles how is this going to happen what what's doing it i like the idea of okay what would happen if we learnt of aliens and only certain people knew about it or everyone knew about it would it you know combine humanity would it would I, would it bring us all together or, or would we destroy ourselves much like i was referencing at the start so uh the the third part of this book which i, I can't remember how many it's probably about a third of the book at the the back it changes very rapidly. So we have all of these, you know, things going on with the three body problem, the game itself, all of these things are nice. And it's kind of progressing at what I would say is like a relatively smooth pace. You, 
you're just getting drips and drabs here, which is what I like. And then it just suddenly switched and it felt like he was like, all right, I got to get into action and like close up all these loose ends. And so we have places like this where everyone gets together and then it's like, okay, we immediately need to uh, solve this problem. Okay, we're going to use the nanomaterials in this way to to um, get access to the alien communications. All right, let's right, we'll do that. And then it's the next scene, it's that. And then the next scene, it's like the full explanation of what the aliens were doing and, and what was happening. So it, it just, uh, all the loose ends got tied up, tied up and it was very violently done. So not only in the book, uh, the actual characters doing violent things, but but I, I felt like even to the story itself was a little bit violent. It, it was just a bit too sudden. So um, this is part of a trilogy. So I, I, I would have thought he would have had more time to be able to link these things and not need to do that necessarily. But um, who, who knows? Who knows? So this will get us on to our, our little final p- portion here, which was the summary, similar books, recommendations. Look, there's no doubt that it's a it's a cracking book. It's it's really got these interesting aspects, which I enjoyed. It it dug deep into questions and the the first half, the first two thirds, fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. I love the plot. It was it was just out of the box. It was a different way of thinking. And it also taught me a bit about, you know, the cultural revolution, what things were like at that time. I had vague ideas, but it was nice being able to to read it in a, a sci-fi book as as well. Um, it's hard to rate because I just didn't love the ending. I, I thought it was fantastic up to a point and then it just turned so quickly where I was like, oh, this is not what I was enjoying. Now it's now it's kind of becoming it, it it satisfied the idea of like tying up all the loose ends, but I kind of didn't want that. I kind of wanted it to just keep going. So it's kind of hard to rate this, but overall, like if I could just rate the first half, you know, eight out of 10, then the second half would be like five out of 10. I don't know. So I'm, overall, I'm going to give the three, three body problem by Shijin Lu a six and a half out of 10. It's it's okay, but I, I, I can't I can't recommend it highly. Um, I've seen hints of similarity to this to June in the terms of world building. I, th- this is part of a trilogy, and I'll talk bo- more about that in a second. But uh, which it makes sense from the kind of science and religion aspect, which June is also very uh, much hyped out about, and you can see my book review of that. Um, I'd personally compare it more to something like Snow Crash uh, or or something with humans already on the Earth, because June is is this faraway planet and these the people they're they're kind of humans but they're they're also alien-like in many ways uh and you probably won't read the me personally probably won't read the others in in the series for a while um but it did reference a couple of other books uh, animal liberation by peter singer i've read one or two of peter singer's books before and then this other book silent spring which has come up in merchants of doubt uh, the book review i did over there as well so i think i'm not necessarily sure i'd enjoy that book but I believe that's one of the books that kicked off the environmental kind of revolution, um, much like Animal Liberation did for the uh, protection of animals. The um, I don't know if there's a word for that. Animalism. <laughs> no, that's actually from um, uh, George Orwell's. But that those two kind of books where it's like, I'm, I'm kind of interested in books that have changed history as well, ha- have spawned a movement. So maybe one of those two. So uh, if you're interested in this book, you, you might uh, might be worthwhile reading those as well because, it, I mean, it referenced it, them in here and those aspects did play a part of, of this uh, book. Whew, all right, let's jump onto the Boostergram Lounge and thank some people. Um, 
and we'll uh we'll just go into this actually i actually want to thank um psyche hacker here he said uh read that it was interesting but i didn't really enjoy it i've not gotten the second so yeah the the second of this i'm not sure if i'll particularly want to do that myself either uh, certainly not anytime soon it is a trilogy so it, it would be kind of cool to to learn more i know there's a netflix series of this coming out as well so if you prefer to just um to just read uh sorry to read to to just watch that might be up your alley as well to to just do that instead so we've got uh those aspects going on here i did see that um someone we didn't get any boostergrams this week which is a little bit unfortunate but uh, I did see, oh, sorry, we did. We got um, Peter here and he sent 2,222 using Fountain. And he says, getting gooned means getting drunk where I live. Is it the same in Australia? Also, once again, Cole, great reading voice. Yeah, Cole, fantastic. Uh, he's, he's, he, he himself said he really enjoyed doing the general part of, uh, of this one. So, so uh, as in like reading the voice of the general and man, so much better job than I do. So congrats on that, Cole um getting gooned oh look we so we have goon the drink this is in reference to an alcoholic drink um from the previous book review getting gooned i'm not sure that's a phrase i've i've heard i could believe it is but i don't know i i I never i never necessarily drank goon myself it's it's more of a uh uh because it's so dirt cheap it's it's more for i suppose like the lower class if i if i had to put it that way and I'm I'm probably more middle class, so I I never particularly got into it myself. Could believe it. Don't know for sure though. I'm uh not aware of the lingo in, in that respect. I'm I'm leaning towards no. Leaning towards no. But uh good to know that you can getting gooned is a <laughs> is something that you can find in uh in Canada. Um and then we also had Joe Martin here who became um a, a pod fans um of the Mere Models book reviews, which involve sending 10 sats to us so look we'll thank that i love people knowing um knowing that people are, are subscribing and joining other places as well so that's that's really really cool um this has been a bit of a mismatch episode a lot of technical difficulties right at the start so uh i do appreciate uh <laughs> you, you sticking with me if you've uh if you've um gotten this far it's it's uh it's been a yeah it's been a bit of a wild one i'm sweating sweating like crazy and it's not just because of the australian heat so we'll leave it there for today uh and i'll just reiterate a couple of things this is a value for value podcast so i do all of this value straight up for you these book reviews i read them i I take extensive notes i try and put as much effort into the the video and audio quality as possible what i would just ask is that you return some value back for me so you can do this in many different ways. Time, you can join in on the live stream like Psyche Hacker has done here. And like I know Juan was was joining in and there's uh, a few people on the live stream. So thank you for, for joining that. You don't necessarily need to chat or comment, but it is really great to, to have you people here. This is why I enjoy doing it live uh, and sharing it with a friend. If you know someone who would be interested in certain aspects of this book please share it on with someone and and just say you know here's a a decent book review you you might be interested in it talent so we've got someone like cole here who's able to uh you know provide me his voice acting which is uh fantastic and i include him in uh uh, as a split for this i know the day is going to come sometime when cole will be sick or he'll be away or we'll just have things going on so maybe uh if i if anyone else is interested i would love to have someone as kind of like a backup so i could 
call on you at the last minute. So if you've got ac- access to a microphone and you think it'd be fun to read out some quotes, probably takes about 10 minutes of your time to, to record it. That's all you need to do and I, I can do everything else. So uh, Cole will be our, our, our main one until there's been no formal agreement or anything. It's just kind of been like we've been enjoying doing it, but maybe maybe Cole and I can um, speak a little bit further about exactly um, what's happening because, you know, people aren't boosting in, so he's not getting um, any compensation for this. So I really would, you know, just for Cole's sake, I'd love to have some, some more boosts come in so he can see some of those um, sats apart from Peter. Thank you, Peter. Once again, I really do appreciate you. You are supporting the show like this and supporting Cole. And then finally, the treasure, the Boostergram. So this is sending in a, a message directly to the show from the podcasting app that you are listening in. And if you go to meremodelspodcast.com slash support, I've got a list of the eight apps there. I've got links to the ones that I can link to. Uh, my favorites are in, in order, Fountain, Podverse, Curocaster, Podcast Guru, uh, pod fans, or maybe pod fans a little bit higher, uh, Breeze, Castomatic, and then Podfriend, something like that. And I've tested out multiple of these apps. I use them myself daily, regularly, so uh, I can verify that they're they're pretty decent apps. And this is all using Bitcoin on the Lightning Network. Once again, if if this is all too new to you, understand it's a it's technical. It's it's a, I've I've talked about it before. I'll continue to talk about it. If you want the real easy way, if you go to um, the PayPal link that's down in the show notes, you can send in some some fiat money just like that. And then I'll probably distribute that to, to Cole um, afterwards after the fact. So, uh, yeah, just just uh, just multiple different aspects of, of how you can uh, interact and relate with the show. And uh, I do appreciate um, all of this coming back in value for value, you know, just however much value you get from this. If you only received a little bit just send a little bit back. That's all I ask. And if you receive nothing, my question to you is just why, why are you listening to the show? Don't go somewhere else where you can get some more value. So we'll leave it there for today. Thank you everyone for joining in for this uh, little bit of a mishmash episode. And uh, I really do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. I believe next week's episode will be on, what, in the, what is the book I'm reading? It's called Free by Chris Anderson. It's uh, another kind of book related to digital media and, and and being able to use free in a completely different way. Obviously, he was the, uh, not obviously, he was the author of The Long Tail, which has been a pretty influential book in the 21st century. So that's it. Thank you, everyone. Ciao for now. Kyron out.